Okay, so Parshas Nitzavim. Uh, Nitzavim is second shortest Parsha in the Torah, um, but certainly very heavy hitting, a lot of uh, key powerful lines, uh, and certainly as we're holding here right before Rosh Hashanah, uh, so lots to talk about uh, with that as well. So let's uh, just quick recap, basically, uh, if you remember last week, we finished off with the Tocha, more or less. So Nitzavim kind of continues with that. Uh, Kosh Baruch Hu tells them uh, there's a bris for everybody here. There's a you know I may, I'm making this with all of you and everybody who's coming after you, which means us, right? Us, us Jews, um, and uh, that's the that's the bris I made with Avraham Yitzchak and Yaakov. Right? Don't worship other idols. Uh, the Zara, uh Kosh Baruch Hu is going to be really angry, right? And if uh, if that continues and people in Eretz Yisrael don't do so well, so Hashem again will kick us out, destroy the land, right? Physically destroy the land with just like Stom and Amora, uh, to the point where the Goyim come and say, "Man, what happened here?" Um, and we'll talk about it in a second. But the simple shot it seems to imply that everybody will realize it's because Bnei Yisrael uh, didn't follow the Torah and and they got exiled. Um, Afterwards, the Kosh Baruch Hu, uh, kind of says, uh, you should, you know, there's a whole paragraph where uh, Paraglama talks about tshuva at the beginning, that Hashem has kind of kicked us out of Eretz Yisrael, we should, we should do tshuva. Uh, there's a famous line, Loba Shamayimhi, that this, and we have to talk about what this is, but this is not in the sky, you can access it, it is accessible to you, it's possible, don't don't distress. And then finally, the end of the parsha is Bachar Tabachayim, Moshe says, Right, I'm giving you a choice. There's life and death. There's good and bad, good and evil, and choose good. Right, choose choose good over evil, and that's the point of life. But okay, either way, let's let's uh, let's get to the the Divrei Torah here. And we always I mentioned we always read Nitzavim. I don't know if I mentioned we we always read Nitzavim before Rosh Hashanah. Um, the Gemara says in the Megillah uh, that Ezra said that that's uh, that's what we should do. Uh, the Gemara there says because we should. The phrase is "Vatichla Hashanah Vekil that we should end the curses and the year, end the year with its curses, uh, and then we should start a year uh, fresh, a fresh new, fresh new year. Um, so, and again, Tosos points out over there that you know, if for whatever reason Nitzavim Vayelach had to be read together, you would split it and you would make sure to do Nitzavim uh, before Rosh Hashanah because these few curses that we find in Nitzavim. Right, have to you know we want to get rid of them uh, before Rosh Hashanah. So there definitely are some curses at the beginning of the parsha. Again, I, I kind of read off a little bit uh, of the the, the the disaster that would await Amisol for not uh, following the Torah. Um, and there is a concept of Yisurim of not Isurim with an Aleph, but Yisurim with a Yud, which is uh, difficulties and pain and and suffering, etc. That unfortunately, right, again, when you, you're holding by the end of the year, you look back and you kind of remember the big moments and some of the big moments are great and some of the big moments are unfortunately less than great. Um, and definitely there is, you know, are there are those people who we can think of who had a really tough time at certain points of the year. But, as Rav Melech points out, Rav Melech Biederman points out, there is an encouragement that we can take from Yisurim uh, as well. Uh, and Rashi already quotes that the, the first puzzle, right, it says, Atem Nitzavim Kulchem, you are all standing here, right, is supposed to be uh, not uh, kind of like an encouragement, kind of like Kosh um, Baruch was saying, listen, you know, I just listed off all these crazy curses in last week's Parsha, but you're all still here, right, everybody is still here, don't worry, uh, and just like, you know, Bnei Yisrael in the future, unfortunately, will suffer tremendously, but Bnei Yisrael will always be standing. They will always be standing here. Right? So that's already Rashi's quoting, quoting the Medrash beginning of the Parsha. So first, that's A. B, 
And the fascinating Rashi writes, right, if you look at the, I don't know if you have the text in front of you, but, but in Pazuk Yud Beis, he writes, that the curses and the Yisurim, or the suffering and the curses, keep us going and stand us up in front of HaKosh Baruch Hu, that the difficulties somehow prop us up. And how does that work? So the Chavetz Chaim writes in Shem Olam, uh, he quotes the Gra. Now, I don't know if this is, you know, I, I, I trust the two of them. I, I, I haven't seen this anywhere else. But uh, he quotes the Gra that says that without Yisurim, we would not be able to stand in judgment. Because when we get up to Shemayim after 120, right, they, we're all going to be there ready for judgment. And they'll throw down all the mitzvahs and averos on the scale. And unfortunately, very likely, it'll be tilting in the wrong direction. Until a baskol will come out. And say that all oh, where are all the yisurim, where are all the sufferings, the difficulties that this person had in this world, and there those that will immediately drop down on the mitzvah side, and you know those will atone for the averos that we had, and then obviously the, the scale will tilt in the right way, and we'll be whisked off uh, happily ever after. So, in our mindset, again, that's the Chavetz Chaim says, if, if for Chas Shalom you see a person who's not doing so well, so the. Jewish approach to difficulty and suffering of is that it offsets, right? It offsets in the future, right? All, all the difficulties that we have now, right, will hopefully, Mitzvah Shem, offset, uh, you know, any, any future poor and negative judgment that we may have. Now, to get to that point, to get to that level, to really have a true, you know, emunah bitakon and, and view yisurim and, and difficulties on that level... Right, that's a very high level. It's very, very difficult. It's certainly when a person is going through it. Right, so how do we even begin to start to get to that level? So, Melech quotes the Chavetz Chaim again, uh, and obviously, as you might imagine, right, when a person works on his or her, his or her Akar Satov, right, they, weren't, they work on their Amuna and the Bitachon and the belief that Gamzul uh, Tova, then a person can get there. Or you can get there. Right, you see, we see people who are having, you know, trials and, and difficulties and yet we have this meet they have this unbelievable midah to be able to thank hashem for the kindnesses right hidden in the difficulties right for example just again just in my own life in my own life this year Eitan ended up uh, you know he's having issues with uh, with seizures and uh, Bar Hashem, Akash Bar did us tremendous chesed. I say, say all the time that it started up in the summer because if it had started up in the winter, when in the world would I have been able to take care of all this stuff? In the summer, I'm I'm pretty off. Right, I have work. We have work to do, whatever. But to prepare for the next year. But in the summer, I have a lot more time to take into this doctor, take into this appointment, and 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 deal with it. It's a tremendous chesed that Akash Baruch Hu did for us, and he's getting there, Baruch Hashem, and, and he'll be okay. Uh, but, you know, very often when you see someone going through a very difficult time, those people are able to handle it. And they're not handled. I don't know. Well, maybe they can. I don't know. But they're able to find this silver lining. Right? If you go to a shiva house, right, often the talk of, of how the person passed away uh, is always a mention of some sort of chesed that Akash Baruch Hu did for that person. Even if that person was sick for a very long time, you could always, the, the people who are uh, available are, are often talking about the chesed and the way things happened uh, at the end. So people are able to see it. People are able to get there. Right? But, I mean, obviously that's, that's very high level uh, and that's very difficult. So, so how do we ourselves get there but when we're maybe before right, we have we're faced with some sort of difficulty right we should never see it we should never have any Yisurim whatsoever but 
before we get there, how do we get to the level where if Rahman Salana does happen, right, we're able to have the proper perspective? So Ramila quotes the first Shlom of the Damsko Rebbe, who he's fond of quoting. He says the Pasuk says in our parsha um, that that the land is going to be destroyed, right? And Bnei are going to be exiled. Um, and uh, the the Goyim uh, are going to say, "Wait, what's going on over here? Right, what, what could you? What, what what in the world happened here?" Uh, I'm just trying to find the pasuk. Vamru kol agoyim. It's pasuk chav gemo. Al measu Hashem kachal aratazos. What did God? Why did do that? God do this? Mecharia afar gadol. Is that this terrible anger? What in the world uh, is going on over here? So the next pasuk seems to imply that Bnei Yisrael will respond to them. Vamru and they'll say, "Who's they? They will say." Pasuk shot seems to be Bnei Yisrael. Alasher azru is brisa Hashem elokei avosam. Right? Either they'll say or the goyim will say. Right? It must be. That because the Jews left the Torah, right, and and they violated this bris, uh, and it goes off a, a couple of psukim, and later and and the last pasuk in that kind of high area, in that, that whole parsha right before we get to a break before Perig Lamed is v'hanistaros l'Hashem elokeinu, right, a pretty pretty well known pasuk that the hidden things are for Akash Baruchu, v'aniglos lano v'aneno ad olam l'asos devei Torazos, and the things that are revealed are for us. Right? What is it? so? How do you understand that pasuk? What do you, how do you understand what's going on? So the Damsker Rebbe explains that the goyim are going to say right, that all the yisurim are all the difficulties is because we left the Torah, but the Damsker Rebbe says no, no, no. The Jews are going to respond. That's not true, because Nistaros Lashem Because Akash Baruch Hu, right? The hidden things, the things we don't understand, that's coming from Akash Baruch Hu. That, that Bnei Yisrael have the proper Amuna. We understand that everything is, even though it's B'Torah's Nister, even though it's hidden from us, it's Gamzul Tova. Even though everything is all evil and difficult and terrible, and really we understand that there's a purpose to it, right? and in the future everything will be revealed and we'll know it's for the best. Remelech quotes the Zohar, that that we're not supposed to look for reasons in the, in, in the hidden. Who can get to, the, to, to what HaKadosh Baruch Hu? We can't really understand what HaKadosh Baruch Hu uh, is doing that's our belief system, right? Our belief system in in Gamzul Toba that uh, to get us to the highest level, whether it's when Gashbarah who blesses us, right, from right with uh, millions of dollars or makes things a bit harder, everything, right, is so that we can co- become the ultimate version of ourselves. So the way we get to that level is to work on ourselves when things are good. Right, and we talked about this throughout Sefer Dvarim, right? It's a theme that runs through Sefer Dvarim to work on ourselves when things are good. Right, when we have the bracha and that slacha, and, and yes, we're stressed a little, but like life is good and we're happy and we, and we have parnasa and, and there are no, no illnesses, that's how we get there. We don't get there. It could be that a person is thrown into despair and then they're left to work it out and whatever, and, and they'll get to that point. That's also very possible. But the best way for us to get to that level is to do it when we're not dealing with it. And when we're outside, when we talk about when you're outside of a situation, when you can look at it from a third party, right, that you can look in your Amun Bitachon and the Gamzul Tova because you're in a good place. Right? And you, have a, you have the mindset and you have the wherewithal to do it. And that's what Kosh Baruch is looking for. Right? He's waiting to see right, how do you respond to the Barachos that I'm giving you. Are you able to clear your head and really come to greater sense of Amun Bitachon? Or are you kind of you know throwing that money or time away at, at silly stuff? Right, so 
So that's 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 the goal. That's what, what we should really try to be focusing on. Rav Melech points out it's also evident in the Tzfilos and Rosh Hashanah. Right? When we say, what do we say? We say Tshuva Tzfilos Daka Mavir and Roa Hagzera. Right? We say a famous line after Nisan Tokev. Right? Tshuva and Tfila and giving Tzdaka that gets rid of the evil decree. Now, it doesn't. If you notice the language, it doesn't say at at Mavir and Hagzera. It doesn't say get rid of the Gzera. It says get rid of the Roa Hagzera. Right, get rid of the badness of the decree. Right, the evilness. Roa. It doesn't say harahagzera. It doesn't say we're not trying to get rid of the, the gzera. We're trying to get rid of the evilness of the gzera. Meaning, if the gzara did, and of course, we're davening to Hashem. Listen, if I have to end up at the end of the year, right, let's say we do a whole did in cheshbon, and at the end of the year, Kosh decides, you know, whatever, you're going to have ten thousand dollars less in your bank account than when you started the year. Okay, so the the tefillah is the davening is that. Let's get rid of the roa. Let's get rid of the bad. Because so, you can lose ten grand by spending it on mitzvos, uh, on a simcha, uh, giving extra tzedakah, or chashon lo you know, uh, It could be a car accident. You have to fix your car. Someone can steal your credit card. It could be some other disaster. So the evilness of the decree is is from our point of view. Meaning, of course, Baruch Hu is Gabzal Tova. He's going to give us whatever we need to try and grow higher and higher. For whatever reason, he decides, again, in a silly example, that we need to have $10,000 less to help us get higher and higher, fine. But we, have, from our point of view, right, again, if you have the proper point of view, then nothing is evil. Uh, and that's what we're davening for. We're davening for that a Kosh Baruch should give us uh, a Sadi Shmaya to have Gamzulatova, and but also that the the decrees that come out right, should be in uh, in in better ways, right? In and uh, not without Yisurim, but in ways that uh, we can do mitzvos with the uh, and and you know it can, there could be a positive spin on it from our point of view, uh, as opposed to a negative. Okay, let's let's move on a little bit further. I kind of went a little bit over what I wanted to kind of kind of. Uh, Ad lived over there at the end, but let's okay. Let's stick to the parsha. Yeah, you are standing here. First pasuk says, "You are all standing here today, all of you, right?" In front of a Baruch and we've pointed out that the Bali Musar right use these parshios to connect to the time of year. Right? And uh, even though the Pashup shot, right, Moshe was talking to Bnei Israel in the desert, telling them, don't worry, the curses are intense, but you'll be okay. Right? Still, obviously, we, we try and use that this is a message, let's say, for right, Erev Rosh Hashanah. Right? Atem nitzavim hayom kulchem. You are all standing here in front of Hashem. Right? That imply, right? That evokes an image right, of Rosh Hashanah, where we're all standing in front of Hashem for judgment. Right? The Melech Kotz Azor basically says as much. That right, the, the whole point of this uh, is to of Rosh Hashanah is to pass right before Akash Baruch Hu in, with this bris with this uh, covenant uh, that Akash Baruch Hu hopefully will take care of us as descendants of the Avos etc. The chosen nation. Uh, the Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah that uh, you know right, that uh, you should say. Malchios, one of the tefillos we say on Rosh Hashanah is Malchios, right? To crown a Kosh Baruch Hu, in order that we should crown him, right? And it says the the more of Hashemesh that that's why we say Nitzavim instead of Omdim, right? Nitzavim is more like almost standing erect, right? Almost like regal, right? If you can imagine like the guards who just had, I don't know if you watched the the Leviah of, of the Queen, but all these people standing at attention, the guards who don't move at Buckingham Palace, right? That's that's Nitzavim. Right, Omdim is like you're standing, but we are all standing at attention, hands at our sides, right, right in front of Kosh Baruch Hu, in front of royalty. That's the image that kind of conjures up. And that's the point of, of Rosh Hashanah, right, to live our lives as Nitzavim, right, as if we're always 
standing in front of the king. Right? You, you, you may have noticed that there's no vidui on Rosh Hashanah. If you haven't noticed, you, you might notice now. Right? There's no, we don't confess our sins on Rosh Hashanah. Right? Because first, you have to have someone to confess your sins to. Right? You have to accept that Kosh Baruch has to be your king. Right before you confess your sins, as says Rav Victor Miller, right, the first and main part of tshuva, right, is viewing the Kodesh Baruch Hu as the Melech Machlaim Lachem. Right, if a person is unable to view the world from the point of view of Hashem Melech, then what's the point? Right, again, it says Rishon Zalander says that, that it's very easy to say that Hashem is king over the world, nature, right, the birds, the earth. It's much harder to say that Hashem is king over me, uh, and that's the main part. If a person can get to that point. So then, everything else is details. That's what Victor Miller says. Right? Again, the true of Rosh Hashanah has nothing to do with sins. Right? It has to do with the fact that we forget, or we make ourselves forget, that the Kosh Baruch Hu is the king. Right? That Hashem Melech. Right? If you would have that, if we, have, if we would have that single understanding throughout our entire lives, our entire lives would be completely different. Right? Of Hashem Melech. So we finish the great Shuva with Amuna and the Borei, the Kosh Baruch Hu, that it will take care of us. Right? With Yom Kippur, etc., but if we don't get to the point where Hashem Melech, right, so there's no point, because then, you know, who's, who, what are we even doing this for? And as you might imagine, right, as the shofar is, is just part of that, right? Just like a trumpet announce, announces a king, so too the shofar announces Kosh uh, Baruch Hu's reign. Right? We say, Rav Sadiagon writes that, uh, we say, Hayom Haras Olam, right, after the blow the shofar, that today is the birthday of the world, okay, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, maybe, if, according to Chazal, maybe five days ago, today was the day, Rosh Hashanah is the day that Adam Arishon was born, okay, but uh, Akash Baruch was literally recreating the world anew every single, every single year, and that's the trumpets, where the shofar blows the trumpets announcing that Hashem, Melech, that Kivyachu, right, Akash Baruch we're accepting Hashem uh, as king once again, and the goal is to continue that throughout the year, right, if Pinkus, if Pinkus writes that when the first brach of Shmon Esrei, we say Melech Ozer Umoshia Umagain. So if Pinkus writes that that is a sim, that should remind us of the Yom Noraim, and we should think about the Yom Noraim throughout the entire year. Melech is Rosh Hashanah. Ozer Hashem helps us during the service of Tshuva, right? Moshia, right, because he's close to us, he helps us do Tshuva. Moshia, he saves us on Yom Kippur, and Magain, he protects us. Right on Sukkot. Right, if you can think about that every single time you daven, you can think of the Yom Noraim. You can think of the whole goal of Hashem Melech. Right, so then you'll have an, uh, you know, a leg up, and you'll be able to keep this mindset, right, not just during you know the Yom Noraim and, and, and Tishrei, but throughout the entire year as well. <coughs> Excuse me. Another way to do this to keep this Hashem Melech kind of focus going is not to focus on the Hashem, but uh, to focus on who Hashem is Melech over. Uh, and that's where Melech says that, uh, the Pazik says, that all of you, right, it doesn't say that you guys are standing here today, you are standing here today, all of you. Right? So that that kind of evokes the messages of the power of the Klal, of Klal Yisrael. Of Klai Yisrael, I mean, the Gosh Baruch is making the promise to Am Yisrael that Am Yisrael, even though there'll be terrible tragedies, Holocaust, horrible Inquisition, Crusades, Bnei Yisrael will will survive. It, there will be a Kulchem, all of you, right, standing here today, eventually, right, at any point, 
as is a promised Am Yisrael that will we'll be here. So we, that says Rabbi Melech, you have to tap into the power of Am Yisrael. Right? First Shlomo says, right? Like the Pesach says, "Bechatzrozos v'kol shofar." Right? Hariu Hashem. Right? Hariu is in the plural. Right? We all together should blow the shofar. Right? And crown lefnei Melech Hashem. We should crown Hashem King. Right, uh, Pazik says again famously, "Mia isha chavetz chaim." Right, who wants to live? So again, it's first Shlomo says, "Who wants to live on Rosh Hashanah?" So netzor l'shov chamera. So what do you do? You keep your mouth shut from speaking bad about other Jews. Right, do tshuva. Right, and bake shalom v'radfehu. Run after peace. Right, run after peace with your fellow Jews. And what he says is. Work on your Beit Adam Lechavero. And that's something I just wanted to mention because I feel very often that in Rosh Hashanah time, the Beit Adam Lechavero gets neglected. Now, yes, I know we have to wish everybody, beg everybody for tshuva, get mechila, right? We send texts in the WhatsApp groups. Please forgive me for everything I've ever done. We put it on our statuses. Beit Adam Lechavero gets the shaft in, in Rosh Hashanah because we're rightfully, maybe rightfully so, I don't know, but rightfully so, but certainly we are concerned with our Beit Adam Lechavero. But our Beit Adam Lechavero is perhaps even more crucial. It's a fascinating comment to the Meshach Fascinating. And he says, we know that, uh, well, well, also, okay, we, we know that Rosh Hashanah is in Tishrei, right, which is after the summer, right? We, it says Meshachachma, I don't understand. I would have probably, it says Meshachachma, he would have, I would have made Rosh Hashanah uh, in Nisan. Why? Because if back in the day, if you look at the cycle of working in your field, right, everybody had fields, that's where they got their produce and their parnasa, their livelihood from, right, they got their bread, right, from the fields. So in the winter, right, people are home. More or less, right? The, the the ground is cold. There's not so much you can do in the field. Uh, the ground is frozen or cold or whatever. It's raining, right? So people are home more. They're learning more, right? They're probably with their family more. So they're working on themselves more. There's more mitzvahs going on. There's not so much, you know, pritzos. The, the weather is colder. The tznius is better. I would have said, said the Meshachachma, put Rosh Hashanah in Nisan, right? Everybody spent the entire winter inside learning, doing mitzvahs. Everybody will be good. So it says no, but he says that's not what it, that's not what happens. Rosh Hashanah is in Tishrei, right? After the summer, after people are out and working their field and out with the people who are dressed and, or not dressed, probably more accurately. So why is it then? So he says because the Gemara says in Bava Basra, a fascinating Gemara Bava Basra. But Gemara beginning of Bava Basra tells a story about Binyan Matzadik, not the Shevet, but this guy named Binyan Matzadik. He was a guy by Tzedakah. He was in charge of giving out tzedakah. Once a woman came to him and said there was a famine going on, and she said, I need tzedakah, give me some tzedakah, give me some, support my family. So he said to her, he's like, I got, listen, it's a famine. People have no money. I got nothing. I got nothing. There's nothing in the kupa tzedakah. There's nothing in the, in the Tomchei Shabbos. There's no money. She said, Rabbi, please, I have seven children. We're going to die. So what Gemara says, he got up and he gave her tzedakah from his own money. Apparently he was a man of wealthy means. That very often happens, right? The people who are well off, right? They take care of tzedaka. Great. Sometime later, sometime after that, uh, Binyamin Hatzadik got deathly ill. And the angel said to Kosh Baruch Hu, the Mishnah says in Sanhedrin that whoever saves one life saves an entire world. And this guy saved eight lives, right? The woman and all her kids. So immediately the Gemara says they tore up his gzardin, right? And he lived another 22 years. Says the Meshachachma, I don't understand. This guy was called Binyamin Atzadik. He was probably a decent guy. He was probably a decent guy. 
Yeah, what stood up for him at the at, at the point when he was being judged and, and, and he was sick and he was probably going to die? What stood up for him? The time when he did chesed. Right? His beinad al Nothing else. Only his beinad al Says the that's why Rosh Hashanah is in Tishrei. Because even though the winter is filled with more learning and maybe more frumkite, it's in the summer after the stalks of wheat had grown and people have you know, food and money and your field is full. <coughs> and only then people can do chesed with other people. You can give them the mitzvahs of the field, like at Shechah and Peah, you give that stuff to the to the poor, you can give more meiser, you can give more tzedakah. Um, and, uh, and says Ramelech, it's not only money. Because right, he says, the Gemara says at the end of Sota, right, that chesed is greater than tzedakah in three ways. Right, first of all, it can be done with your body as a, in addition to your money. It can be done with both rich and poor people. And it can be done with people who are alive and people who are dead. There's something called a chesed shalemes. So Beit Na'anam L'chaviru gets lost in the shuffle in Yom Noraim. And it's really, if you go based on that Gemara Bab Basra, it's the Beit Na'anam L'chaviru that carries the day. So we have to put a little bit more effort into Beit Na'anam L'chaviru. We have to make sure right, that uh, we tap into the power of the Klal of Am Yisrael right, through doing chesed for other people. Right? That, that connects us to, to Am Yisrael uh, and gives us more schusim and, and the schusim that matter, uh, apparently, based on, uh, based on that Gemara that we quoted. Okay. Um, there's a little bit of Viter now. Uh, there are a lot, again, there are a lot of lines that you can really kind of harp on. Uh, one of them, most, I think the most dramatic one in the Parsha, <coughs> is a three-line or four-pusuk series that I'll just read quickly uh, and, and we'll talk about it for a few minutes. Ki ha And that's what we're going to have to define. That's an important line. Uh, but this mitzvah, says the Torah, very ambiguously, it's, it's, uh, it says, that I'm commanding you today. Again, Moshe is talking to Am Yisrael. This mitzvah, which I'm commanding you today, it's not hidden. It's not far from you. It's not in the sky. To say that to the point where you would have to send somebody up to the skies to get it and to teach it to us. It's not across the ocean. To, to say that, to that to the point where you would have to send somebody across the, the ocean and get it and bring it back. Rather, it is very, the matter is very, very close to you. It's very close to you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. In order to do it. Right? Again, Eitan uh, Katz has an amazing song. So, what, first of all, First thing we have to say is, what's going on here? What are we talking about? What is this mitzvah that is not far from us, not in the sky, not across the sea, but very, very close for us to do? So several opinions in the Rishonim. Rashi says it's limitat Torah. Learning Torah, learning Torah is not in the sky. Moshe is telling B'nai Israel, it seems vast, it seems difficult, it's not. It's attainable, it's not impossible. The Ibn Ezra writes that we're talking about the mitzvahs in general. Right? Yes, ki mitzvahs means the general mitzvahs in general. Mitzvahs sometimes seem impossible. Right? It's almost sometimes we look at tshuva and we think, how could I ever avoid all the averos? How could I ever do all the mitzvahs? So Moshe is telling B'nai Israel, it's not out of the question. It's not out of the realm of possibility. You might not get there tomorrow, right? But it's close to you. You can do it. You can handle it. But the Ramban says, you can just look for the last thing we mentioned in the pasuk. But the last thing we got done finished with the last thing we finished talking about the first ten psukim in, in, in Paraglamid is talking about the mitzvah of tshuva, 
says several times, right? Do tshuva. The last passage we said, listen, before we started this whole thing, listen to the, the voice of Hashem, do his mitzvos, do tshuva. Says the Ramban, <coughs> Moshe is telling B'nai Yisrael, don't, this is not so hard. Tshuva is not that hard. Right? It's not in the sky, it's not across the, the ocean. It's close to you, in your hands. Right? It's able to do it. Uh, I think, I forget who points out, but I think of, uh, it's Rosh Salander, says that, in your mouth, in your heart, in your hands. Those are the three types of mitzvahs that you have. You have, you have mitzvahs that you speak, right? You have like brachos, you have mitzvahs that are bilvavcha in your heart, like davening, and laso, so you have all the mitzvahs right, to do with your hands. Ask Rav Chaim Shmulevitz, I don't understand. So what the Pesach is telling, Moshe is telling B'nai Yisrael that tshuva is not hard, right? It's not hard, right? That, that, if we're talking about tshuva, that according to the Ramban, <coughs> sorry, excuse me, according to the Ramban, we're talking about tshuva, and Moshe is saying it's not so hard. It's close to you. You can do it. It's not in the sky. What, tshuva is not hard? Right? If it was so easy, everybody would do it. Right? Everybody would do it. What are you talking about? Shuvah's, what do you mean Shuvah is not hard? Shuvah is very hard. That's what, so Rav Chaim explains that, yeah, technically, Shuvah is not hard. In truth, it's not actually hard. But, says Rav Chaim Shmulevitz, amazingly, amazingly insight, human nature is such is that people get used to their situation, right? as lousy as it is. Right? Just to, to illustrate, a person, let's say, I don't know, take a crazy example. A person gets thrown into jail in China. Whatever. Uh, shell shock, right? Sleeping on mud, cockroaches everywhere. You're in solitary confinement. G- absolute Gehenna, right? First day Gehenna, second day Gehenna, third day, you can already stand it a little bit. Right? By the fourth day, right? Maybe a little more. By the fifth day, you don't have anybody to talk to, but you start kind of like making friends with the roaches, if you can use your imagination a little bit. Right? At least you have company. At least you have something living, moving around. Right? They're not dangerous, okay? A month in, an exterminator comes and kills all the cockroaches. That dude is going to be frantic. He's going to be heartbroken, right? That's all the company that that guy had. Right? What was, anybody ever see that, that movie where, uh, uh, where, where what's, uh, Tom Hanks is like stranded on an island, right? And he makes friends with like the, the volleyball, right? The most heart-wrenching moment of that movie is when the volleyball gets swept out to sea. Sorry, spoiler alert. Right? That is insane. What do you mean? Why? Who cares? It's a freaking volleyball. But yeah, it's it's it, that's what he got used to. That that was his company. That was he was used to. So a person gets very used to their situation. It's a natural tendency. Right? That's why you can see all these studies online. It's there's so much homelessness in America. It's hard to pull a person out of homelessness because at some point you get down into survival mode and you just get used to it and you get used to what you got and you're thinking about where your next meal is coming from. You're not thinking about more than that. You're just thinking of kind of like figuring out where you are at this in this point in time and kind of getting there, getting to the next stage. Says Rukhaim Shmulevitz, that's what people do with tshuva, with their averos, with their spiritual level. A person just gets used to it and doesn't see a need to pull themselves out of it. That says Rukhaim Shmulevitz, brilliant insight. That's what Rukhaim Shmulevitz says is why tshuva is so hard. Right? We are used to you know, scrolling through naked Instagram, 
or watching inappropriate Netflix, talking Lashon Hara. We don't even see a need to pull ourselves out of it. We don't even see the need for tshuva. So when you hear speeches by Rabbanim right, about tshuva, myself included, when I hear speeches about tshuva, I think, eh, I don't really need to get rid of my iPhone. If a person would be shown a true picture of themselves, really, where their true situation is, so maybe you'd feel differently. Right? Again, that's Monsieur Zishar, what we've been talking about. It's all connected. Right? Pulling yourself, that's Nikias, pulling yourself out of the scenario and viewing it from <coughs> a third party. Well, if you'd show Rahman al-Salam, a homeless person, how bad they look, right? you've seen these, uh, maybe you've seen them. I, I've seen a couple of these videos that these people do. Right? They give a homeless person a, a, a haircut, and not to rip, I don't know why I'm ripping on homeless people. I, obviously, it's a very difficult situation. But give them a haircut, right? P- dress them up nice, and then show them a picture of where they were a day ago. So, yeah, maybe they'd agree to try and get a job and, and, and get off the street. Now, obviously, I don't, I'm not trying to harp on this, but that's, that's the idea, that people who are in their state, in their spiritual state, right, don't think, don't realize that they need to get out of it. Right? They just kind of get, it's a natural inclination to stay and just survive. So, Senator Chaim, tshuva is not really all that hard. Right? What's hard is to get yourself to a point where you see that it's necessary. Again, because if a person realizes they need some sort of procedure, right, let's say for an illness or an injury, so a person's fully on board. Right? A person's fully on board, in spite the possible and probable pain that comes along with it. So that's the trick. The trick is to be able to pull yourself out and see where you're holding and realize that there's so much more you could become if you just open yourselves up to the possibility of tshuva, which literally means <coughs> returning to yourself with returning to yourself. So that's the job that we have to do on our own. It's not easy to do on your own, right? So it's definitely good to do with friends and do with a good chavra to go through a process of tshuva uh, and think about, right, how we can pull ourselves out of whatever situations we're in. I just want to give a two-minute practical tshuva guide. I'm not sure if anybody's ever done a tshuva workshop with you. Um, We're going to do it for like two minutes. Um, tshuva is not just, I feel like a lot of, of us think that tshuva is in our head. Like, okay, I'll decide to be better, which is very nice. But there needs to be a practical application and a practical process, a physical process of doing tshuva. The Rambam says that this is a mitzvah, right? The, <coughs> excuse me. He keeps on saying that there's something we so we have we have things that we do we do vidui right we speak out our sins, but the rabbi also lists that there's a regret there's a commitment not to do it again etc right you can look in the, the second paragraph of Hilchos Tshuva, so the Rambam seems to imply in, in halacha bays of of, of Hilchos Tshuva that the commitment not to do it again right seems to be the key right that the vidui and the gr- regret seems to be a hechatimsa what they call it a way to get. To the commitment not to do it again. Now, how do you get to that physically? Right? Okay, you said Rosh Hashanah, I'm not going to do it again. Great. So, in two weeks from now, you're faced with the same exact situation and all the inspiration is gone. So, you're back to square one. So, how does that work? So, just very quickly, I think if you have a piece of paper handy or you want to kind of listen to the recording after you get a piece of paper, draw a li- we'll do this for two minutes. Draw a line down the middle of the piece of paper. On the left side, Always, when you do Cheshben HaNefesh, right, like we started with Mesir Sisharim, do Cheshben HaNefesh, when you start with this process, so it's super important to start with a positive. 
HRI doesn't want me to spit it out. <coughs> because this is so crucial. Take a piece of paper, draw a line down the middle. On the left, you write the positives. You write positives at the top. <coughs> you pick three things. Three things that you were exceedingly proud of that you accomplished this year. I'd imagine if you spend five minutes, you can come up with 10 or 15 things. Start with three things you were exceedingly proud of. They should be one easy and two difficult. One easy, uh, I washed before Hamotzi this year. Amazing. Great. Two difficult things that you accomplished. Also great. <clears throat> then go to the right side. And this is stuff you're going to work on. We're not going to write negative. We're going to write not yet positive. Okay, not yet positive on the top. Uh, and we're going to list one thing that you struggled with that theoretically you think should have been easy for you to do. Let's use the same example. Maybe you didn't wash before Hamotzi. So, okay. So you're going to try and you're going to write that. And then you're going to pick two hard things that you didn't, weren't so successful with this year. Uh, and, but you think that they're, they're very, very hard for you to overcome. And what you're going to do is you're going to plan out a method of attack on the two hard things. You can start with one of them. Let's say number two. The second one that you pick, and again, you do this on your own. I, I don't expect you to be doing this as I'm talking. But take the, the first hard thing that you picked on the right side, on the, on the not yet positive side. So let's say, <clears throat> I don't know. Let's take an example of uh, eating trafe. I'm trying to not try to try not to insult people, or or let's say uh, speaking uh, lashon hara. So let's do lashon hara because everybody the Gemara says everybody does lashon hara. It's very hard to stop saying lashon hara. If you would say, okay, I'm not saying lashon hara from now or forever, that would be ridiculous, right? Unfortunately, we're we're not able to do that. So you have to. What you do is you plan a, a method of attack. You start by saying, you know what, I'm going to listen to less Lashon Hara. <coughs> How do I do that? Well, we don't realize, but when we scroll through our, our phones and we watch thousands of video clips, we're inevitably hearing Lashon Hara, right? I used to friend, to use a boy example, all of sports talk radio is Lashon Hara. They're all just yelling at the players. So inevitably, when you scroll through Instagram or TikTok or whatever it is, some of your clips are going to say, are going to be of talking badly about someone. So we're going to cut out those 30-second clips. right? We're going to try and say, you know what? I'm not going to listen to Lashon Hara on TikTok. That's step one. Step two, that you, uh, sorry, that's step one. You're going to do that for a week. You're going to focus on that for a week. You're going to think about, oh, you're going to scroll through TikTok. And when you'll be like, oh, that's Lashon Hara, and you're going to scroll off it. Because the less you put it into your brain, the less it, it affects you. Now, now it's front and center in your brain. That's step, you can do that for a week. After a week... You're going to see how you're doing. And if you struggle with that, you keep on doing it for another week. If you think that you did well, so then you move on to step two. Step two is now you're going to start to see less Lashon Hara. Right? You're going to try and have less Lashon Hara in the longer videos that you watch. Let's say uh, the movies or, or the, the YouTube clips or whatever it is. Right? You're going to extend it. You're going to just do a little bit more, a little bit more. Right? Then if you accomplish that, then you're going to move on to maybe phone calls. Or personal discussions that you uh, that you have, or you can move on to the comments in the Instagram pictures or whatever. But right? you're going to just move step by step and decrease the amount of lashon hara that you have around you, and eventually, again, we can talk more de in detail. I'm just using this as an example. Eventually, you'll get to the point where now you've been thinking about not saying lashon hara for two weeks, 
three weeks, a month, two months. Now all of a sudden it's front and center in your brain. And now you're going to start hearing Lashon Hara and be like, oh, I don't want to talk about that. And all of a sudden, not speaking Lashon Hara becomes easier. <clears throat> not speaking Lashon Hara becomes something you're sensitive to. And when you hear Lashon Hara, you're going to be like, how could you be saying that? That's Lashon Hara. I don't want to hear what that other person talks to, said about me because now you've been working on it. If you build the baby steps, that's how you do tshuva. It doesn't happen this week, right? Rosh Hashanah is the first day of the year. It's not the last, right? We're planning for the future. So if you take this <coughs> whole process and you can eventually get to the point where you can actually work on those hard things that you were struggling with beforehand. Okay, I hope that wasn't really too fast. Uh, we can definitely speak about it at another time. Um, but I wish everybody uh, and I guess the next year will be next Thursday uh, for Parshas Vayelech um, and be in touch we'll speak to you guys soon all, all a pleasure my pleasure all the best take care be all good thank you bye adios take care <coughs> podcast okay Vayelech is the uh, shortest Parsha in the Chumash um, and, but there's plenty of stuff going on. Just to, again, to recap the Parsha, super short, um, Moshe basically says, all right, I'm out, everybody. I'll see you later. Uh, Yoshua is the next leader. Chazak v'yamatz, be strong and courageous. There's a mitzvah, mitzvah of Hakel. Uh, there's a mitzvah to write or Sefer Torah. Um, and then just to recap that the Torah is basically the testimony of the bris between uh, Akash Baruch Hu and Bnei Israel. So let's just talk about a couple of things, uh, and then we'll talk about Shabbos Shuvah, the fact that uh, we, the Haftorah says Shuvah Yisrael, everybody do Shuva, etc., etc. So first of all, Vayelech Moshe. Pazik starts, Vayelech Moshe. This is the last, you know, as uh, explained, the Rashi explains, the last day of Moshe's life. Um, and if you're fascinating, Rabbi um, Golden, what's his first name? Yossi is his son. What's his name? Uh, I forget already. Oh, that's Shmuel. Rabbi Shmuel Golden, I apologize. Rabbi Shmuel Golden points out if it's fascinating when you compare the 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 description of Moshe uh, to the description of Avram. What what in the world does Moshe have to do with Avram? So Avram was told, as we read on Rosh Hashanah, Lech Lecha, right? Lech Lecha, right? Twice, by the Akedah and by going to Eretz Yisrael. M- Moshe, on the other hand, his life was bracketed by Vayelech. Right, again, the same verb, just a little bit differently, right? Avram was told, lech lecha, go travel, go accomplish, go grow right, on the path. Moshe, right, end of his life was vayelech, and the beginning of his life also was vayelech. So the Puzzle says, vayelech ishim beis levi, vayelech bas levi. That was Moshe's birth or conception, or whatever you want to call it. So Moshe's life was bracketed by vayelech. Um, and the message is, or Golden brings it out well, it's, it's not to compare Moshe and Avram, uh, but just in, in, in a time when there is no more uh, guidance in terms of Navua, uh, it's telling that Moshe right, was, did it on himself, did it on his own. Right? Again, Vayelech is Moshe took the initiative and he got up and he traveled and he accomplished uh, on his own. Right? Avram was kind of guided. That was already you know, the times of the Avos. So Kosh Baruch Hu gave them direction. Uh, but after, after Maimed Arsinai, Moshe was the one who kind of, Vayelech, he t- took the initiative on his own. Right? And he was, right, the Medrash says, I like to quote the Medrash at the end of the Chumash, uh, that I heard from Rav Chagar Raviv, right, the Medrash there says that Moshe, uh, when it was time to die, Malachim Avos couldn't find him. Malachim Avos went to Egypt, couldn't find him. Went to Kriyas Yamsev, couldn't find him. Went to Arsinai, couldn't find him. Went to different places in the, in the desert, Moab, 
Sicho and Oak, right? All these different places couldn't find it. Finally, Malachimavas gave up, and Hashem said, "All right, I'll take him." So, what is it? What's going on over there? So, the idea is that Moshe never settled; he never stopped growing, right? He could have rested on his laurels, but he was always vayilech; he was always going, and right? he was always trying to accomplish. So, that is like the model for the post nevuah post matan Torah, Har Sinai type world, right? We have our own hints and messages, but you know, we're not getting God's word straight to our God's word straight to our heads. Right? We need to vayilech on our own, right? We have to kind of pick ourselves up and. And make the effort, and Akash Baruch Hu will get there. Right? We'll talk about Veshavta Ada Shemalokecha, right? Shuvah Yisrael Ada Shemalokecha, right? To Akash Baruch Hu, right? Do Shuvah to Hashem. And the idea is that a person has to pick themselves up and, and meet Akash Baruch Hu there, right? To, to start the 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 journey, and then Akash Baruch Hu will meet him in the middle. Uh, so that's just thought that was an interesting uh, insight into Vayelech. Um, the second thing I wanted to just mention is is Hakel. Hakel is a mitzvah we're actually doing this year in Meheri Mikdash. After the Shemitah year, right, there's a mitzvah to gather all of Am Yisrael, the Hanashim v'Nashim v'Ataf, the men, women, and children. Everybody comes to the Beis Mikdash and hears the king read from Sefer Dvarim, amongst other things. Right, basically, this is a mitzvah that happens once every seven years, and we're doing it now uh, on like a week from Tuesday or something, there'll be a big Zecher Lahakel. It's not obviously Hakel, it's Durabonan. There'll be a big Zecher Lahakel in the base of Mikdash. Or in the uh, in the old city in the, in the by the Kotel. Um, what is the deal with Hakel? What is this what is this mitzvah? So the Torah says the entire purpose of the the gathering of the Hakel was Laman Yishmu, right? So that they should hear, Ulaman Yilamdu, so that they should learn and what's the goal? What should they hear and learn? And you should have to learn and look and fear and have a fear or awe or a healthy sense of respect with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. So it, sound, and it says the Slonim Rebbe sounds very similar to what Moshe said earlier in Sefer Tzvarim, right? What does God want from you? Right, Kim Right, to, to have Yiras Hashem to fear Kosh Baruch Hu. Right, the puzzle goes on there, but Yiras Hashem that, that seems to be the goal. Says the Slon of we know that there are two types of wa- two ways that you worship a Kosh Baruch Hu. One is from Yira, from fear, and the other one is from Ava. Right, is through through lear- through loving Hashem, Avas Hashem. And we know the greater level is Avas Hashem. So the question is, why does it seem that over here, right, by, by both by Hakel and, and earlier in Sefer Tzvarim, why, why are we emphasizing the Yira so much? So just as an, as an aside, the times nowadays, right, the times of the Yom Noraim, right, Yom Noraim is the same Shorish as Yira, right, it's, uh, or, ish, or at least if they're related, if they're not exactly the same Shorish, but it, this is the time of Yira's Hashem, where we're working on a Yira's Hashem, that Hashem Melech, right, Hashem is the king, uh, we are terrified of the judgments, right, we're begging Hashem for mercy, Right, that uh, year, this, this is the theme for nowadays, but why is it specifically found right, by Hakel? So, Nesiva Shalom says that we know that Akosh Baruch Hu put a Yitzhahara into a person. Right, the Pazik says in Bracious, we'll read a couple of weeks, on the, on the seventh day, Hashem saw that everything he had, that he had made, tov ma'od. Right, it says tov by all the other days, and it says by the seventh day, it says tov ma'od. You know what tov ma'od is? So, Rashi there says Yitzhahara. Kosh Baruch Hu saw that the Yitzhahara was very good. Why? Because you know, man has evil inside of him because so that there's a choice, right? So that he or she has Bechira, right? If everything was all good, man didn't have a Yitzhahara, so we just serve a Kosh Baruch Hu and, and be done with it. 
right? There wouldn't be any uh, accomplishment in this world. Uh, so that's our life goal, right? Our life goal is to overcome the evil inside, like we've been talking about in the Messiah Sashara. So Yiras Shashem, Yiras Shemaim, right, is the only way, says in the Salam Rebbe, to counteract right, the evil that we have inside. Right? Only when a person has a healthy sense of fear, of awe, of respect, right, can they uproot the Yitzhahara. So the advice that, that the Pasuk is giving is to beat the Yitzhahara is Yerashish Chachma Yeras Hashem. Right? The, the beginning of Chachma, the beginning of intelligence, of, of knowledge, is Yeras Shemayim. Because if you don't start with Yura, right, that person's heart can take you in many different ways. Right, I like to quote uh, the Malbim by Avram and Avimelech. Avram goes to Gerar, and Avimelech takes Sarah, and Avram obviously gets her back. And Avimelech asks Avram, "Why did you? What did you see in my town that made you say that she was your sister?" But Avimelech wasn't dumb; he was a smart guy. So why did you do this? Right, you must have done it for a reason. So Avram said to him, "Rak ain yiras The only problem with this place that there is no yiras shemayim. There was no yira. There was no fear of heaven. Says the Malbim, because Gerar at that time was the most advanced country slash city slash society, whatever, of the time. They were logical, they had good laws, they were good people, etc. Avram said, none of it matters. Right? If you don't have your Shemayim, your brain can decide this is the law one day, and your heart can seduce you and you can decide that this is the law the next day. Right? So the only other thing that keeps that in place is your Shemayim. Says the Salaam Rebbe, that's the basis for everything. Right, that a person has to work on their yura. Right? We like to walk around in life thinking that everything is fine. We don't worry about anything. We don't take anything seriously. Now there is a mila for that, right? Always being besimcha, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking that there's a besimcha that's carefree and careless, and a besimcha that has a healthy sense of responsibility and 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 seriousness. Uh, there's a terrible lacking when, when you walk around for someone who would walk around and be like, yeah, I'll be fine. Right, the Pasuk says, Torah says, Beferish, and I think it's Parshas Ekev. Right, it says explicitly, don't just walking around, don't just walk around, right? Maybe that's in the Tzavim. Uh, I don't remember. But either way, uh, the Pasuk says, don't just walk around and be like, everything will be fine. Right, you have to have uh, you have to real, have a healthy sense of seriousness uh, and balancing that with happiness. Now, it's no good to be depressed and terrified. Absolutely, obviously, that's ridiculous. But a real sense of healthy yura is important and needs to be worked for. And uh, now, the, problem, the question is, how do you get there? Right? How do you get this yura? Um, and well, again, and the idea is that hakel should strike, you know, fear and yura Hashem into everybody's hearts. And if that's the goal, that's the psukim that you read. Right? They're not bringing. When they come to base Hamikdash for Hakel, you don't read stories about Avramov. You know, you read Psukim and Dvarim, right? Dvarim, as we've been talking over the past couple of weeks, Dvarim is serious muster, right? So that's the goal of the, to build the Yiras Shemayim and Amisrael. But how do we build our own Yiras Shemayim? Well, uh, you can listen to stories of Emas Hadin, right? Emas Hadin is is the ter- terrifyingness of of the judgment. Uh, you know, I mean, you hear sad stories, and you don't just brush them off and ignore them, right? You have to think about them. I have a friend of mine who went to Kol in Gross. Um, his brother he lives in the West Bank. He lives in, in Adam. So his brother was giving a shear over Shabbos, had a massive heart attack, and he's, he's not going to survive. Tremendous tzaddik. I know him personally. I know him personally. He's got uh, six or seven kids, another one on the way. Tremendous. Just stop. Just stop. Coach Barkley took him. Stop. That that's terrifying. That's that's Ema Sadin. That's Mamish, you know, there's nothing to say. What can you say but Barak Tainamis and, and that's that that gives a person a healthy sense of, of, of seriousness. As, uh, as something happened, you know, as, again everybody has stories like this. Right? Again the Pulsic says, Bikrovaya Kadesh, that Kosh Baruch who sometimes take 
takes right the, the ones that are closest to him right when he took Nadav and Aviyu Moshe consoled Aaron and said listen this is what it means Bekrovaya Kadesh that Akash Baruch will, will be sanctified through the people who are close to him right we say sometimes Baruch Dynamis because we can't we can't know right and again so, so so one of the ways to have a year as Shemayim is not to you know brush those stories off but take them to heart uh, you know, maybe go to a Leviah, go to a Shiva house, not for fun, but like, because, you know, if you know someone, so it's a tremendous mitzvah, you know, I personally used to hate that stuff. I used to, I used to hide and run away from that stuff. It's awkward. They're not going to see you anyway. What do you even say to that? But, but it's important, but it's important. Again, Shlomo Malak says in Kohelis, right? Better that to go to a base Avil, right? Tovel, Alechas, the base Avil, Melechas, the base Amishta. It's better to go to a Shiva house than to go to a party. Right? And he says, because alibo, because the person who's alive will put that that result in their heart, uh, and their life will be better for it. Now, again, it's not it's not because you're supposed to go around being depressed. It's because you need, there needs to be a healthy sense of yira. And Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, right, is a time when we can work on that when uh, when we're when we're faced with the Amos Adin, and and we have to take that seriously. Right, so that's the purpose. That's what we're talking about over here. The Islam Rebbe says that that's the purpose of Hakel. That year is the basis for Torah Mitzvos, and that's the way that you can attack the root uh, of evil in in a person. Right, you can't uh, you know get out. Of, you can't uproot a tree if you're hacking at the branches. Right, year gets to the root of of the situation because if you have a healthy sense of seriousness, so then you know you can tell the Yitzhar no, etc. etc. Um, okay, just not. I saw at the end he like ends on a, like a at the end of that piece over there. He ends on like a happy note. And, and Mag, apparently, Magid Mezer says that a person when a person works on their yira, they're gifted ava as well. That the ava comes on the back of yira. That a person will end up loving a kosh baruch also. That and that's a matana. That's a gift. Okay, just to to end off on a, a bit more upbeat note. Um, another pasuk in the Torah in, the, in this week's parsha, uh, a bunch of songs with this pasuk. Um, which is interesting because it's kind of uh, or whatever it's a little bit serious. But says, says, "Right now, Moshe says, Bnei Yisrael, write down this shira, write down this song. Lamda es Bnei Yisrael, teach it to Bnei Yisrael. Sima b'pihem, put it in their mouths. We'll talk about that's three levels, right? That's three things. Write it down, teach it to them, and put it in their mouths. We'll talk about what that means in a second. But shira hazos laad Yisrael, so that this song will always be." There for Am Yisrael. So there's a big machlokas, as you might imagine, right? What this is referring to, right? What song are we talking about? So Rashi and the Ramban say it's the song that we're about to read next week, right? Next week's parsha, parsha Hazino, is a song. If you look in the Torah, it's written in this kind of funny, funny bricked kind of Az Yashir type uh, situation. Not exactly the same, but it, it's a song. It's it's uh, also a f- blessing, curses, prophecies, uh, written in allegorical, very difficult language. Um, it's it's referred to as a song. The Rambam, though, in the Sefer Chinuch, based on the Gemara Sanhedrin, says that this is the source for the mitzvah that each person has to write a Sefer Torah. Each person has to write a Sefer Torah. At first glance, this is a very strange mitzvah. Because, after all, we're not commanded to grow our own esrogim, right? Or to buy some cattle to make tefillin, or to, you know, buy a vat of wax and make your own Shabbos candles. It's very strange, right? Again, we're obviously all commanded to learn Torah. Why would it be a mitzvah to write our own Torah? So as you might imagine, this is a bit different, right? As, and, and Chazal explained that probably in the way which you're thinking, right? That, uh, for example, the Torah Tamima says that, uh, you know, what's what's the deal? The, the whole point is that that there should be more Seferi Torah in the world, right? If there's more books and more texts and more availability for people to learn, right? So then that causes Torah to be learned and more truth to be spread out. 
uh, into the world. And, that, and you find that language in the Gemara Menachos also, uh, that if you buy a Sefer Torah, it's as if you gr- stole a mitzvah from the marketplace, but if you write one, it's as if you got the Torah from Arsina. And again, that's what Rashi's saying, that there are two levels over here. That there's, yeah, you can own a Sefer Torah, that's great, but to write one, to increase the amount of physical Torahs in the world, right, that's a tremendous mitzvah. Right? It's very clear that the mitzvah is to increase the amount of Torah that can be learned. So that when the Baal Turim says, right, the Baal Turim, if you ever look at the Baal Turim on the Chumash, she has a lot of really crazy gematria. Now, some people are into this. I'm not so into it, but sometimes sometimes they're really awesome. So he says that Velamda es Bnei Yisrael, that's a gematria of Hain Torah Shevichsav. And Simba Vafihem, the next line in the Pasuk, is Zet Talmud. So basically pointing out that this refers to both the written Torah and the oral Torah. Right, both Torah Shabbat and Torah Shabbat seems to be saying that the whole point is to not only to write a physical Sefer Torah, but also to have, you know, Gemaras, etc., and to be Marbid's Torah, to spread Torah throughout the world. Because again, you can't understand the written Torah without the oral Torah. Right, that's what it does. And that's why it makes a lot of sense that you can, the Taz writes nowadays, that you, we can fulfill this mitzvah not by writing a Sefer Torah necessarily, although that's cool, but by buying Sfarim. Right? When we buy Sfarim, we fulfill this mitzvah. Uh, that uh, yes, in Echonamias, an English safer on the Chumash is not a safer Torah, but yes, it is for this purpose, right? Now there's another safer in the world. Right, before you bought that, that was languishing on a, on a shelf in Eichler's, never to be noticed. Now you bought it, now you're reading it, now it's on your shelf, right? It's available to others to read, and even if you're not reading it, it's on your shelf. Believe me, the books you have on your shelf, regardless of whether they are read or not, are going to impact the vibe in the house. If you're shelves in your living room are filled with fantasy novels. So that's going to be the vibe in the house. If your shelves in your living room are filled with Swarim, that's a very different vibe. right? That's a very, very different vibe. And this is one of the most, I would argue, one of the more important mitzvahs in the Torah. Because thinking about being Marbit's Torah, thinking about what, very often we're very concerned with our own Torah learning. But being Marbit's Torah, spreading Torah in the world for other people, right, we often don't think about that. We often don't think about helping other people learn. Right? We think about that we'll go to a shir, God bless you. Uh, we'll, uh, you know, we'll study a little bit, but we don't often arrange, you know, other shirim or buy a safer for somebody else. Right? Again, you know, it, it is wonderful. It is a very nice thing to do. Again, you should buy sfarim all the time. Right? It's an investment, even though they're very expensive. But it's an investment. It's going to be in your family forever. It's going to influence your family forever. Um, but it is important to think about this, right? The concept here of being marbid Torah, of increasing the amount of Torah and truth in the world, not only for your own limud, right, but also for other people. Um, certainly now we're approaching Yom Kippur, right? We, can start, we don't only have to think about the things we did badly to other people, right? we can also start thinking about things that we can do positive with other people to try and help them grow. Uh, and not just like, you know, the Lush and Hara that we spoke about that, right? But Amla Chavero swings both ways, right? Both negative and positive. So it's very of to think about, you know, how we can help uh, other people uh, grow as well, uh, just like you are. Okay. Um, another Pusik, another Pusik, when Moshe is giving Bnei Yisrael Musr in this week's Parsha, he says, I know how rebellious you are. I know about your stiff neck. When I was still alive with you, right, Moshe already was, uh, you know, basically on death's door. When I was already alive, alive with you, right, even when I was alive with you back in the day, you were rebellious with Hashem. I'm sure you're going to do it after I die. Now, the language of the Pasuk is, Moshe is, you know, is being pretty 
devastating. I know you rebelled when I was alive, and I know you're going to rebel when you die. But there's one word in there that seems to be a little weird. I'm not sure if you caught it. Moshe says, when I was still alive, mamrim heisem im Hashem, that you were rebellious with God. Now, that's strange. It should have said, probably, you were rebellious against God. Right? So, the Nitzv writes, I've mentioned this before in the last couple of parshas, I'm not sure, but either way, regardless, I'll mention it again. Um, the Nitziv says, in Ayimek Davar, he says that Moshe is not talking about like when they did a Vodazara, right? He's already ripped them for the golden calf and the Miraglim and all this stuff. He says, no. He says, it, it's not about a Vodazara. He says, when you were with Hashem, you were still Mamrim. You were still rebelling against him. And just to read his language, because it's very, very powerful, right? Mikomakom Mamrim Heisem, you were rebellious. Shalohit Naheg Bamaila Elyona. You didn't conduct yourselves, right, in the highest level, which is terrifying. But basically, what the Nitziv is saying, right, is that it's talking about the Pazik is talking about a from guy, a from girl. She learns, she goes to shul, gets stuck, etc. But she's not on the level that she's capable of reaching, right? She has much more potential inside there, but you don't reach it, right? And that's what Moshe was giving them muster for, says the Nitziv. That they were, and they, to the point where he calls it rebellious, right? If you could hit level 96 and you're hanging out on level 52, so that Moshe calls is, according to the Tziv, that's a rebellion against Kosh Baruch Hu, right? And that is a tremendous muster, meaning that we all have a higher level inside of us, right? We all have an extra gear that, for whatever reason, we're afraid to get to, right? And Moshe is telling Benesra, listen, don't settle for mediocrity. Don't be mediocre. Climb as high as you can go. Now, that's hard to swallow, um, but it's important to kind of realize that we shouldn't sell ourselves short. The Yitzhahara is very good. When everything else fails and you're doing mitzvahs and you're doing well, the Yitzhahara has one or many tricks up its sleeve, and one of them is just to sell yourself short. Okay, just learn a few minutes. Okay, just don't speak Lashon Hara for five minutes. Okay, go to Shulver Chakras, but get out of there before Musaf because whatever. You know, the Yitzhahara is very good at making ourselves sell, us, sell ourselves short, and we can accomplish things that we didn't even imagine. Right? Just again, in my own in my own personal life, I never, ever, 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 ever thought I would be giving a Daf Yomi Shir, um, and I'm going on two and a half years, and well, it's almost three, I guess. Uh, and not because like I'm a great genius; it's because someone literally just asked me, "Oh, by the way, you want to give a Daf Yomi Shir?" And I was like, "Sure, I'll take the I'll take the plunge." I'll, if I, if I can't hand, hack it, I'll just stop. And sure enough, it's almost three years later, and we're almost halfway, basically halfway done. So you can, you can always, 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 always do a little bit more. And I'm not saying you should push yourself to the point you break, but it's, it's very good to push yourself. Now, what are these levels? Just to clarify, just to, to give an example from the Chumash, from this week's Parsha, I promised I would get to this. Um, there's one puzzle in this partial which sheds light on just how far a person can go. It's specifically talking about uh, learning Torah. Right? Again, Moshe had said, right, Write down, right, this Shira, let's say it's the Torah, write down this Torah, Lamda Bnei Israel, teach it to Bnei Israel, and Sima B'fiyam, put it in their hand, put it in their mouth. Right? That seems to be three levels, right? Writing, teaching, and let's say knowing it by heart. So the first level, the Chorah, is Kisvu is writing it. Right, people who can understand what's written, 
that people can understand Chumash, they can understand Hashem Shabbos, maybe they can do Shnei Mikra. That's one level. Second level, Velamda, these people can learn, right? People can learn a Blakamara, they can learn Halacha, they can maybe give a Shir, they can definitely understand a Shir, right? They go to, you know, they can get the, the second level sources. But there's a third, there's a third level um, that seems to be discussed over here, um, and that's the Sima Bafiyam. Right, put it in their mouths. Right, what 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 is when a person is just talking Torah all the time, right? When when the Torah is in your mouth, quote unquote, right? So that is uh, that is a, a higher level, right? This for, aside from the fact that a person is always learning, if that's always what you're talking about, right? So that's you're living that life, right? Uh, to this to this type of person, Torah is life, right? That's that's what they talk about when they hang out with their friends. Like, hey, I just heard this great thing. It sounds completely dorky and dweeby, but there are people like this. There are many, many people like this who just like, they see their friends and be like, let me just tell you, I just saw this great shot in, I don't know, in the Sea of Sholem. Right? This is the level you can get to. Right? Maybe not all the time. Right? Not all the time. And maybe when we, none of us will learn Kola Torah Kula. Uh, you know, maybe we're not going to be like Rav Chaim Kanievsky who made a seal on Torah every single year. But we can do something along those lines. Uh, we can start learning, uh, let's say, a halacha yomi, again, uh, whatever, or a mishnah yomi, one mishnah a day, one halacha a day, right, one shnai mikra a day, you can learn, you can do an aliyah a day, right, that, okay, we're not going to hit Rukhaim's level, that's fine, but in our own way, we can definitely, definitely uh, level up, we can definitely push up. I heard about, uh, it was said about Rukhaim's that the hardest place in the world for him to go was the bathroom. Because you can't think about Torah in the bathroom, and it was so hard for him to stop thinking about it, because that's basically all he thought about. Right, again, obviously, not not everyone is going to drop everything and become an obsessive tamachakam. Obviously, I, I'm aware. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to say that, but uh, but we definitely have an obligation to kind of push up. Um, you know, whatever whatever example you can think about, the Hilchas Lashon Hara, where you're waiting for the bus or the subway or Musar uh, Sefer, listening to a shir instead of music or whatever it is. Right, there's definitely something that we can do. Right, and don't sell yourself short. You can. You can definitely accomplish it. Okay, just a little bit about Shabbat Shuvah, um, about the Haftorah. The Haftorah the starts, right? Shuvah Yisrael Ad Hashem Elokecha, Kikashal Tabavonecha. Right? Return, Bnei Yisrael, to Akash Baruch because you have tripped up right, with your sins. And it's obviously Akash uh, telling us, telling the Navi to tell Bnei Yisrael, right, to do Shuvah. So there are a lot of, obviously, tremendous amount of Vortlach on this. Why is it called Shabbat Shuvah, etc.? Um, but I just wanted to mention three of them. Uh, the Ish Kodesh, right, the Piazetz and the Rebbe, again, wrote, wrote the Ish Kodesh while it was in the Warsaw Ghetto. So, he harps in the language, Ad Hashem Lokecha. What does it mean to return to Hashem? So we gave one shot before that it means that you have to kind of take the first step and a coach Baruch will help you and meet you halfway, but you have to go towards Hashem. So, the Ish Kodesh learns a little bit different. He says, Tshuva is not only removing sins in your life. Now, let's say a person struggles with uh, classic, a cheeseburger. Kashos. So, the person could be like, all right, no more cheeseburgers. But, and that and that, that's great, and that's important, and that's super chashev. But if you don't attack the root, right, that's that's treating the symptom, right? That, that's just like, okay, I'm going to try not to have cheeseburgers. Right? And, and the next time you're faced with that, so you may be successful, you may fail. Right? It says the Eish Kodesh, Shuv Hashem Ad Hashem The goal here is to change the direction of your life. Right, the direction, the goal is to go in the direction of a Kosh Baruch Hu, is to be a Ben or Bas Aliyah, be a person of growth. Right, and how do you see that? So he says a fascinating, again, I'm not sure I understand it 100%, he says a fascinating example from a Kosh Baruch Hu himself. And that Kosh Baruch Hu himself, Kiviyachal, <coughs> is a Ben Aliyah. What does that mean? 
quotes several Mamari Chazal that Kosh Baruch Hu is Mekayim the entire the entire Torah Kivyachol. Right? It says in Shmos Rabbah, Yerushalmi and Rosh Hashanah. How does Hashem do the entire Torah? How does He do Tshuva, for example? How does Hashem do better? What does that mean? So Pizetz and Rebbe says we have Sukim. The Pazik says Vayinachem Hashem al Haraasha Dibel Asos Da'amo. Right? That Kosh Baruch Hu regretted the evil that the Pazik is by the golden calf. He quote unquote regretted the evil that the fact that he had promised to wipe out Bnei Israel. Obviously, all this is anthropomorphic. Obviously, Kosh Baruch Hu doesn't really regret it or whatever. But let's just use the Pesukim to teach us a lesson. So Hashem was Vayinachem. He regretted that he was going to destroy Am Yisrael by the Egel Azov. So says the Pizetz and Rebbe, this is setting an example for us, right? The first step of tshuva is vayinachem, is to regret. But says the Rebbe, right, the regret, if the regret is just for the bad action, then it's incomplete. Right? The person stays in that same status what they're in. They're not focused on a Kosh Baruch Hu. Who says the sin won't happen again? So that's what they says. he quotes another Pesach in Tehillim. The Pesach says, again, uh, you've uh, you've heard this, Shuva Hashem Ad Masai, Vinachem Al Avadacha. Right? And so when will the tshuva of Kosh Baruch Hu be Vinachem, Right, will will be just a regret of actions without actually changing the status. Rather, Davin Melech says, meaning change our situation completely. Right, let us rejoice with the Gosh Baruch <coughs> Sorry. And this is basically the model, basically the Pizetz and Rebbe says, this is the model for our tshuva. Not only centered on actions, which is good, which is important and crucial. We definitely have to think about specific individual averos and mitzvahs, etc. But also, don't lose sight of the bigger picture. Right? Right? Shuva ad Hashem lokecha. Right? Do tshuva towards the Kosh Baruch Hu. Right? Kikashalta bavunecha. Sometimes we don't see the forest for the trees. Right? We see kikashalta bavunecha, you get tripped up by the sins. We spent so much time obsessing over how in the world could I have eaten that cheeseburger, etc., etc., that we kind of almost miss right the root of the problem. Right, we talked about Yer Hashem. Right, that that's also important. Right, that you can treat the root through working on your Yira, etc. Again, we we talked about uh, that. Ravigdor Miller says that the Iker Tshuva is a Shem Melech. Right, that we everybody asks why is there no Tshuva on Rosh Hashanah. Ravigdor Miller says there is Tshuva on Rosh Hashanah. It's accepting Hashem as King. Everything else after that is all details. Because once a Kosh Baruch is the king, so then you listen to him and whatever he says. Right? So if we work on that, that's the Iker Tshuva and everything else right, falls into line. So definitely, definitely spend time analyzing your life and looking at the mitzvos and, and the Averos and improving. But don't forget that there's a goal here, there's a bigger goal here of living a life right, that's Ad Hashem that's towards a Kosh Baruch That's Piyazetz Nareb. Rav Chayim Shmulevitz says that the Pasuk there, Shuva Hashem Ad Hashem Lokecha Ki Cheshalta Bavonecha Return to Hashem because you'll get tripped up by your sins. Says of Chaim Shmulevitz and Sichos Moser that the Pasuk is trying to teach us that Shuva is a lifelong process. It's not just 10 days. Right? It's it's an entire year. Right? It's not just a one and done. Because if you spend 10 days working on yourself and then you just chuck it for the rest of the year, right? Ki Cheshalta Bavonecha You're going to get tripped up by your sins. Or you're going to get uh, trapped. You're going to go back to what you were doing. Right? Tshuva is not just something we do in Elul and Rosh Hashanah, and Halavai, in Elul and Rosh Hashanah, and Sarasmi Tshuva and Yom Kippur. Right? It keeps on going. This is one of the reasons why we have Sukkot right after Yom Narayim. Right? One, of the th- one of the main themes of Sukkot is to bottle all the things that we've learned through the Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and take it with us. Uh, it's not like Yom Kippur is this magic elixir, that, uh, this mikvah that we dip in once a year, then we're, to- then we're good to go, and then we just go back to where we were. No, the goal is to use these days as to catalyst the right to the rest of the year. So in Sukkot, we sit in the Sukkah, which symbolizes the Anen right? We're surrounded by Hashem's glory right, for an entire week. 
We take the Dalad Minim, which correspond to four of the main parts of the body, the heart, the eyes, the, uh, what is it? The heart, the eyes, the lips, and the spine, right? To show that our entire body should be uplifted, right? And used towards the Vodas Hashem, etc., etc. We're trying to imprint this and encapsulate the Yom Noraim, right? Concretize that experience in our minds for the rest of the year. Right? Rav Pinkas writes, Melech, Uzer, Moshiach, Magen, we say in Shemon Esra every single day. Melech is Rosh Hashanah, Uzer is Aseris Mechuvah, Moshiach, God saves us on Yom Kippur, and Magen, Hashem protects us on Sukkot. We use Sukkot to protect us through the rest of the year. So Rav Chaim just quotes, Rav Chaim just quotes the Gemara. The Gemara says in Yoma that Shuva, right? Adashem, what does it mean, Adashem Alokecha? The tshuva gets ad kiseya kavod that goes up to the kiseya kiseya kavod, but that if you get tripped up by your sins, right, you won't you won't reach it, right? You have to keep on striving. It's a constant feel of running up uh, a down escalator. <coughs> okay, sorry, I'm just a little coughing here, and I came in without a drink. There's one more point. One more point. Back to nisila shalom. Slana Mareva says kikeshalta bavonecha that. Don't get trapped up by your sins. It's a it's a warning, it, in the sense that the Yitzhahara is very good at, at trapping the Jew, right in the sins, right in the sense that Yitzhahara very often makes the Jew feel like there's no point in tshuva, right? Since again, we because what does Yitzhahara say to us? It's like you've done tshuva already, and we all know it didn't work, right? We've done unfortunately or fortunately, right? We've done many various varying levels of tshuva. In our lives, for some things it worked very well. For some things it didn't work so well, and the Yitzhar is very good at trapping a Jew in his past sins, kikashalta um, bavunacha, and making him feel like there's no point to do tshuva, right? because eh, we tried it once, it didn't work. We tried it once, it was sort of successful. Doesn't matter, right? So they, you've, you've managed to fight off the urge to eat that cheeseburger. Sometimes you go back to it. It's up and down. It's not only a straight line. Yitzhar is like. What's the point just to forget about it? <coughs> That's what the, the Navi is saying. Don't listen to the Yitzhahara. Don't get tripped up when he says, who cares about you know this Shuvah that you've done before? It didn't work. What's the point of trying again? That's Yitzhahara. Shuvah Yisrael Adashem Lokecha. Anybody can do Shuvah in any situation. Right? The Pazik says, Adyomosot Chakalo. Akash Barko waits until the last day. He's waiting there with open arms. Right, a Kosh Baruch Hu, right wants us to do tshuva, even if we've tried and failed a hundred times. Right, and he says at the end also along the same lines that the Iker tshuva is ad that a person shouldn't feel distant and cut off from a Kosh Baruch Hu, but a Jew should do tshuva, feeling like a Kosh Baruch Hu is there for them. Right, is is our God and Father. Right, don't get trapped in avunecha. Right, dig yourself out, pull yourself out, even though it's not always easy. Right, focus on the ad Hashem Hashem is here for us. Right, that's the life of the Jew. Right, you're not defined by your averos. Right, a Jew is defined by ad That is shuva going towards a kashbarku. That's the definition. So even if you fail and two steps forward and three steps back and five steps forward and two steps back, that's how it works. That's how it works. And the the fact that we have failed before at shuva uh, or accomplished and then not maybe not as accomplished as much as we thought we should have right, is irrelevant. And the yitzhar is going to try and catch us on that. And then he says. Don't let him do that. Don't let him do that. Do the tshuva that you know you can accomplish and shoot high and shoot high and, and you'll surprise yourself about what you can accomplish. Okay. <coughs> My voice is about shot, um, but that's the end of that. I wish everybody come back to Oh, I guess Monday we'll do Masil Yashorim, I guess. That's what we do for Monday until 
Okay.